As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep. It's a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce a new innovation to their reserve collection, CBD gummies with 5 milligrams of THC. The Reserve Collection is a specially curated blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids. Rich and bold, the Reserve Collection products elicit strong feelings of calm, comfort, and relief when intense support is needed. Enjoy a deeper CBD experience with Plus CBD's Reserve Collection of oils, soft gels, and gummies. All of their products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new Reserve Collection gummies. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today's guest, Jeffrey Smith, a consumer advocate and author. Uh, he's written Seeds of Deception, Exposing Industry and Government Lies About the Safety of the Genetically Engineered Foods You're Eating and Genetic Roulette, The Gamble of Our Lives, which he made into a film in 2012. Uh, he has a new film, uh, which is available for viewing uh, at the website of the organization that he's spearheading, Protect Nature Now. Check out protectnaturenow.com. The new film is Don't Let the Gene Out of the Bottle. And so, uh, Jeffrey, it's a pretty bleak uh, picture that you're painting here. Uh, what can consumers do uh, to stem the tide of these supposed innovations, better living through genetic modification? Great question, and I'm glad we got there. I don't like to leave people depressed, fearful, yeah. or angry. <laughs> so um, we actually are quite competent, confident and optimistic. I mean, just if you can look at our history here, when I learned about GMOs in 1996, no one knew about them. No nonprofit organization was willing to talk about the health dangers, and it looked like and you know, major organizations like Greenpeace had already given up soon after. We now have the majority of Americans saying that GMO foods are unsafe. We have rejections in the marketplace. A lot of people know what they are, and it's working. But now we have to build another global movement because our focus for the first 25 years of my activism was to get consumers to change their choices so that it would affect the um, supply decisions of the companies, which would affect the farming decisions, etc. And that's we're working. voting with their dollars, it, in effect. Exactly, exactly. But now we need to lock down releases of genetically engineered microbes and other organisms and organis and and life forms that people don't buy in supermarkets. It's not going to stop genetically engineered bacteria by buying organic in Whole Foods. And so we need to lock down through laws. Now, the laws have to be global because these organisms travel. So if you locked it down just in the United States, it would not save us. It has to be global. So it has to be not only domestic laws in these different countries, but also international treaties. But beyond that, we can't rely just on laws because laws change. I remember I was flown to Poland by the government 
and gave a press conference with the Minister of Environment years ago, praising their non-GMO policy. And a week later, they got voted out of office by a pro-GMO government. I lobbied, uh, I think, successfully into the ministers in Thailand when I was there. They said no GMOs being released in government field trials. Ten days later, that government was replaced by a, hmm. one that changed yeah. its opinion. So we, in our in our plans for our global movement called Protect Nature Now, we are doing both focus on legislation and general education. The education has to be embedded into academia. It has to be in curriculum in schools. It has to be policies of scientists. It has to be in popular culture. Just as everyone knows about climate change now, everyone must realize that we've come to an inevitable time in human history where we can redirect the codes of evolution for all time, irreversibly, with a technology prone to side effects, and can pass it on to all future generations, When and they would curse us. We have to know that. Everyone knows you won't give a atom bomb to a child and said, don't press the green button. But we don't have that same caution by saying, don't give a CRISPR kit to someone where they can create a viable, genetically engineered microbe and release it into the environment. We didn't know in 1859 when they released 24 rabbits in Australia <laughs> to make visitors feel more comfortable to shoot rabbits, that rabbits would multiply like rabbits and become 10 billion by 1920. So we're in a situation where we've seen it in terms of invasive species, but people aren't thinking about it in terms of GMOs. But now that people are listening here right now, it makes complete sense. So here's what we're doing, and it seems to be perfectly timed. We, when you go to protect nature now, and you watch the 16-minute film, Don't Let the Gene Out of the Bottle, and you realize that a certain bacterium could have altered weather patterns, another one could have decimated plant life on Earth, and, and there was a genetically engineered avian flu that could have caused a pandemic that had as much as 24 times the death rate of the current pandemic. All of these things give you an obvious conclusion. We need to lock these things down. But we're giving people an opportunity to participate in that. You go to the advocacy platform, enter your name and address, and all of your elected officials show up. And then you send them a message, and you tweet them in the next action, and then you send a press release in the next action. We've had tens of thousands of messages go out to members of Congress and parliaments, etc., around the world, and to local and region, regional media. And now there's interest. There's people in Washington who we're going to be meeting with very, very shortly who are interested in supporting our goals because they can see that genetically engineering the microbiome is dangerous. Now, we have a lot of different groups on our side. We have the groups that are that are careful of national security. They don't want to have you know, mail-order pieces that can turn into a biohazard. They want to lock it down. We have the regenerative agriculture people that need to preserve the soil, otherwise they can't draw down and capture carbon. We have the health people who understand the microbiome of the body is critical, and the entire population of the world has now come to the unmistakable conclusion that microbes can mutate and travel and wreak havoc mm -hmm. And that a logical consequence of what we've seen is to not tempt fate by either genetically engineering potentially pandemic pathogens in a laboratory or releasing microbes outdoors where they can create a kind of environmental pandemic. 
So we have greater receptivity than any time in human history, and it's just in time because now we have a technology which is cheap and easy to gene edit, and we have governments that are being pummeled by the biotech industry to turn a blind eye to all gene-edited GMOs. So right now that we're at the precipice, right now that we're facing the demon, we're facing the possibility of existential threats from purpose, you know, well-meaning releases, now we're up, now we're hitting a global education program. So go watch the film, go to the advocacy platform, spend two or three minutes there sending this stuff out, and please make a donation, a recurring monthly donation, so we can use your support to hire the people we need, to take in the firms that we need, to open up offices around the world. This is an urgent situation. It's not something we can put off. I can't wait another 25 years to, to build this movement. It has to be handled right away. Indeed. This is a, an opportune, uh, teacher, teachable moment, because in the wake of uh, the disclosures about the origin of COVID, uh, you know, I think people are more sensitive to these types of issues, but there's some obstacles. Uh, we need to know which foods uh, are truly organic and which foods are GMO. And there's a big effort on the part of industry to prevent and obstruct labeling. Uh, this is flies in the face of the right to know. But uh, there's actually been successful legislation in some parts of the country uh, to prevent labeling so that you, there's no way of knowing. Yes, and I have to be clear that there's two issues on the table because we're, we, we're picking up both because I've been uh, deeply involved with both. There's the food issue and then there's the microbe issue. Right. So the microbe issue is not going to be related to what people eat. It's going to be related to how we can get um, advocacy out there and lobbies, lobbyists and education, etc. That's That's for Protect Nature now. Our other site, which is responsibletechnology.org from our Institute for Responsible Technology, that talks about the dangers of GMOs and Roundup and the labeling and what we can do about it. So you're right about the labeling, of course, that the biotech industry has for decades worked their magic with the U.S. government and prevented labeling. And then the states tried to get it labeled through ballot initiatives. And finally, it was passed by the Vermont State Legislature. And it was it was accepted by the governor, but then Congress, at the behest of the biotech industry, passed what we call the Dark Act, denying Americans the right to know, mm -hmm. saying, nope, no state can label GMOs as such, and we'll give it over to the USDA. We'll take it out of the pro-GMO FDA, but they're not pro-GMO enough. Let's give it to the USDA, <laughs> wow. which has been run by the biotech governors of the year, you know, Vilsack and Sonny Perdue, and let's give them the responsibility of creating a labeling regime that works for Monsanto. So they created it and released it, and it's basically a non-labeling scheme. The vast majority of products with GMOs are completely, they're, they're given the loophole. If they, if they don't have detectable levels of GMOs, they're given a loophole. I mean, just, it's basically a dis, a fake labeling bill. And if you have to label, you can just simply put a QR code and let someone fumble with their phone mm -hmm. and possibly find it on the website. Yeah. Or um, maybe you'll see something that says BE. No idea what BE, that little picture yeah, of a they field. Use weasel words sometimes, you know, to describe yeah, yeah. the product. Yeah, it's called, they think it's bioengineered. We think it means buy elsewhere. But so they're not, they're not labeling it properly. But the good news is this. If something is certified organic, 
it has to go through a third-party verification. It has to have, in their laws, it's not allowed to use GMOs or Roundup. Now, just to be clear, there's something called the non-GMO project. You can see the butterfly checklist there on, on different products. I think it's great, and it requires testing to see if contamination has occurred if there's at-risk products. Organic doesn't even require testing. But if you simply get a non-GMO verified oatmeal or bread, the oats and the and the wheat may be sprayed with Roundup. So you're not going to protect mm-hmm. yourself from the Roundup since Roundup is not genetic engineering. Roundup is chemicals. So if you if you get something that's organic, organic doesn't allow either GMOs or Roundup, mm-hmm. and if you get something with both labels, organic and the non-GMO project, then it's actually the gold standard because that means not only is it not allowed to contain GMOs and Roundup, but if there's any at-risk ingredients for GMOs, there will have been testing, and there's a you know they they shoot for below 0.9 percent. So there there you have it. If you can eat organic, great. If the organic has non-GMO project label on it, even better. If you can't get organic, at least get non-GMO. But try to avoid the products that are typically sprayed with Roundup. And you can get a list of all the ones that have been tested at responsibletechnology.org. At responsibletechnology.org, we have gathered the reports from our tests, um, the EWGs, Moms Across America, Canadian tests. Put them all together in a searchable database. You can have all these different raw ingredients, all these different packaged foods, and see what the levels of glyphosate residues are. Take a look at the brands and products that you like to eat to see where they fall in the spectrum. And then you get to choose where you definitely want to be organic and you don't want to miss out on the opportunity. You don't want to go, go, you know, stay at a place in a hotel and then wake up to a bowl of oatmeal that's not organic, thinking it's a good way to avoid GMOs. Yes, you've avoided GMOs, but you're drinking Roundup. So if you want to work your own uh, navigation through, then go to responsibletechnology.org, click on the tab that will give you the report, and then also go to the tab that will tell you how to eat non-GMO. Those are great resources, so thank you so much for compiling those. You know, you personally are really sticking your neck out because uh, you are uh, routinely labeled a Luddite and worse. Uh, how powerful are the forces that are arrayed against us? You know, it's interesting. I I was reporting for years on how scientists who discovered problems were threatened, forced out, stripped of responsibility, all these things, attacked vehemently. And it was like, I was saying, where's my attackers? Where's my attackers? Finally, they spent a fortune secretly, Monsanto, to pseudoscientists that built websites against me and, and, you know, created this whole thing. And even during the roundup trials, there was a memo about me that was circulated that was presented as evidence to the jury by the plaintiffs and also mentioned again in the closing arguments where the subject line was whack-a-mole and the subject was Hmm. to try and how to whack whack me into submission because I just published an article that was popular around the world about why children are most at risk from the dangers of GMOs. And so I'm not worried about it at all because that's just sort of like a merit badge. If you're not being pummeled by their their, um, attack dogs, then you're not doing your job. I don't pay attention to it. I don't read what they say. And for a long time, all I needed to do was to reach the most receptive demographics to give them the information they needed to make healthier choices. 
and I didn't need to convince everyone. I didn't need to convince the majority. I just needed to convince enough to achieve the tipping point of consumer rejection for the food. Now we need laws passed. And so now we are getting other voices to also, there's a lot of people who want to protect the microbiome, like we talked about. You know, everyone who understands the issue in terms of climate change and, and carbon capture wants to protect the microbiome. The physicians, the healthcare practitioners of all, of all types want to protect the microbiome. And so we have now a, a chorus of voices and if they try and attack me, it doesn't matter because there's, you know, hundreds or thousands of people who will be stepping up to protect the microbiome when they realize what's at stake. So it's never really bothered me. Of course, occasionally I I talk to someone who's been influenced by it, but I didn't need to try and convince everyone because it was a numbers game. Now I have already, now we're moving into gene editing and protecting microbes and the microbiome. So we'll see how it goes. So what extent is uh, dark money going to uh, scientists for hire, medical journals, uh, websites, uh, journalists? Uh, are they being influenced by the, the sheer preponderance of money that's at stake here? Definitely. And we have the evidence of that from even the Roundup trial disclosures. Um, there was a toxicological study on genetically engineered Roundup Ready Corn, done in France by Professor Seralini. It had devastating uh, implications because it showed that rats that ate the Roundup Ready Corn or the Roundup or the corn sprayed with Roundup, they all ended up with uh, multiple massive tumors, early death, and organ damage. And the biotech industry kicked into high gear, using money and paying their front groups and their scientists to come out with talking points trying to discredit and they were able to suppress coverage then they hired the editor of the journal that published it <laughs> paid him wow. four hundred dollars an hour for some something you know he made twenty something thousand dollars from monsanto and soon after retracted the study on their behalf mm-hmm. with with excuses that didn't hold up it was embarrassing for them he was eventually kicked off and uh, you know fired from the uh, editorship and another independent peer-reviewed journal picked it up and republished it. Um, you can see how when the World Health Organization's uh, it's, um, International Agency for Research on Cancer determined that glyphosate was a probable human carcinogen, documents made public from the lawsuit showed an entire war chest being spent all over the planet to discredit the World Health Organization to ghostwrite studies. They paid scientists to put their names on articles that Monsanto had written. They paid scientists to attend uh, and participate in independent panels and come up with independent conclusions that supported Monsanto. With their talking it's, points, of it's, course. Yeah. Exactly, with their talking points. So it was all there in black and white. And it was completely exposed for everyone to see. All the things that we already knew or suspected have been proven. And most people are not aware of the details of that which is now in a book and in a lot of evidence, but it's pretty bad. I mean, spending their money and their influence, uh, and they're still they're still boldly stating stating things that are blatantly wrong over and over again, with with a lot of echo chambers of front groups and scientists and farmers saying the same lies, and that's what's allowing gene editing today 
to be uh, deregulated because the decision makers are believing many, many people that visit them with credentials Mm -hmm. saying, oh, no, no, gene editing is just like breeding. You're hampering progress. You're going to fall behind other countries. Everyone agrees. It's a consensus. The only people against it are the anti-scientist Luddites. And that is working in many countries. And that could be the end of this if we don't stop it. Indeed. Well, uh, you know, remarkable uh, revelations. And, you know, you're focusing on an area that really deserves attention, you know, going way beyond uh, mere uh, application of herbicides to crops and, you know, changing fundamentally the the, the foods that we eat. Uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, from my review of your latest uh, website uh, at um, Protect Nature Now, uh, what is truly an existential threat to the planet, to our viability as a species. And I just want to extend uh, this podium to you, to our intelligent medicine listeners uh, really need to become aware about this and, and uh, pick up on some of the action plans that you describe, because uh, your website has some really innovative features. There's an advocacy platform that makes it easy for people to um, express their outrage that this is going on. And this week, we happen to be um, trying to get comments into the EPA to stop the release of genetically engineered mosquitoes. And so last week was trying to stop. We had a white paper and an article about gain of function. The month before, we had a white paper about microbes along with an article. Before that, we had a legislative report. Before that, we were sending the film or the trailer. So every month, it's a new a new campaign that people can spend two minutes on and send out dozens and dozens of messages in that two minutes with single clicks. So I would definitely encourage people to go there because this really is a demand of our time. I remember talking to someone who was instructed by an indigenous elder uh, in the early 90s saying that, you know, in about two, about this time, the earth was going to face a challenge with the potential to end biological evolution hmm. as we know it. And I... But that those words just rang a bell in me. So I our tagline for Protect Nature Now is safeguard biological evolution because we have now the ability to destroy it. We must protect it. It is one of the most urgent things of our time. That is why I ask people not only to get educated, which is watch the film, take action, which is go to the advocacy platform, and support us financially so we can work on your behalf with a big staff 24-7 around the world. Indeed. That's what we want. We don't have that yet. We want it. All right. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great vision, and I hope that you uh, achieve it. Uh, the, uh, the website, once again, uh, is um, protectnaturenow.com. Check it out, and check out uh, the new film, Don't Let the Gene Out of the Bottle. You'll come away convinced that we're facing a real existential threat. Thank you very much, uh, Jeffrey Smith, for joining us, and uh, all the best to you, and, and keep us abreast of new developments. Uh, we'll bring you back soon uh, to talk about what's so new much. on your agenda. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust, the very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. 
never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoppinStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoppinStore.com. DearHoppinStore.com.